Well, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a while since I been on a podcast. <laughs> my name's Endless here. This would make more sense if are they were here for the pre Are you hammered, Mr. Aaron <laughs> Lewis? How hammered are you? Earl. Is that all you can say? Earl. I mean, without your Trump flag and all that shit, anything else you can say? I love my country, man. What's up, creeps? It's been a while, like we said, since we've been on the mic to give you some horror goodness. But we are back once again to end out the year the best way that we know how with our top five horror movies of 2021. I'm Justin. Jeremy. And we are joined by our brother from another mother. You heard him on our pilot episode. Uh, and this motherfucker's just been too cool for school to pop back up on the show. But he's here tonight. So, ladies and gentlemen, our he's shaking his head at me. That's right. Our boy, Gerald. From I'm two peas. I'm still entrance. saying two peas. I don't care what you're doing with it. You're still from two peas. So, yeah, I guess it's still a thing. Justin, Jeremy, what's up, what's dudes? On, um, this, I'm, I'm thrilled. I'm pumped to be here because aside from a couple little Patreon things, I haven't recorded on a podcast in probably three or four oh, months. My so I had to remember God. how to hook all this shit up, but uh, mission accomplished. Here I am. And I thank you guys for having me on, especially for this topic, because I think it's a good one. It was a tough list to come up with, and there's a lot of good horror this year, so I'm excited to talk to you dudes. It was, it. Uh, dude, the last time we talked together, uh, it was about the cinematic treasure, mm-hmm. Escape from L.A. Insert puke sound here. Yeah, yeah, it was. No? Yeah, it was. Which is now getting a 4K Ultra <laughs> HD release, which I may or may not have pre-ordered, just to watch. Hey, just to remind all the brains to... Listeners, you know, me and Jeremy, we treasured that. I don't know what the hell Justin's doing over there, but not, not, uh, it it was a great actual, in terms of our pilot episode, a great subject to be discussed. It was an anniversary that literally no one fucking was talking about. So we just said, why don't we talk about this movie? And now everyone's celebrating it, but they were not paying attention when the anniversary came up. They were just like that movie, it exists. And I watched it when I was a kid, but we tried to shine a light on it and remind you all of the time when Carpenter sucked as a director. And Dude, look, look, look at Jeremy's watch any Anytime I can <laughs> watch time. Snake Plissken play basketball. I know. In oh, between man. killing For people life. and surfing, yeah. I'm fucking there, bro. Surfing and the worst CG. Some of the Dude, worst CG known to man. But John Carpenter is a sure. legend. And I love really him. Is. And the only film of his that I, I I can't watch is Ghost of Mars. It's the only one. Actually, that's what I was going to say as well. That's the only one that I'm like, and I'll never revisit. And that was the, the second one like, I saw I, in theaters. I, I, I mean, you, you <laughs> even if you guys asked me to come on the show and talk about it, I wouldn't rewatch it first. I, I tried. Just, <laughs> Dude, I tried. Talk about my memory. I tried it, a few months know? ago. And when I say I tried, I mean two separate viewings, two days apart. Like, I turned it on and I was like, I'm going to watch it. And the worst part is that somewhere in there is a decent movie. The editing is so bad, man. It's so bad. Yeah. It's so it's disjointed. They they show the finale of the movie like in the very beginning. So you're like, you automatically isn't it know, shown okay, like a well, flashback this... or like a vision or something like that? It's been so it's, long since I've seen just, it. 
it's supposed to be like an interrogation, like interview, like what happened on Mars, That's what and it it's was. like so you already know that Natasha Henstridge's Henstridge's however the Henst- fuck you say her name. Hen- She's in Species. That's all that matters, and she's hot in it. Yeah, the, way the naked alien from from Species. <laughs> uh, you learn very early on that that she survives the whole ordeal. So anytime she's on screen, it's like, no, I'm I'm not worried about her because they already told me she lives. Fucking the editing is horrible. So you leave my Carpenter alone, Justin. Listen, I love not Carpenter good. as much as you, and but I, I do not idolize his bad work, and I never will. It's just like Spielberg when he makes a shitty movie like Hook. I'm gonna say it's shitty. I mean, I like Dude, it. Dude, but- what the fuck? <laughs> what the actual fuck? Wait a second. What? I love Hook. Are you fucking kidding me? I was going to say, I do Listen, too. I'm what the guy what? that lives with the nostalgia boner every single day, but even I can tell when it's just a boner. It's not. You don't like Hook? I didn't say I didn't like it. You know, I don't know. I don't know if Spielberg's made a bad um, movie. I'm not being. I'm not joking. In all reality, has he? Hook, Hook, Hook isn't I mean, a not, bad movie. I like to set people off by saying that it's probably one of his weakest. But ah, oh, dude, I fucking love that movie. Oh, well, maybe I liked it. I, I liked it as a kid. Yeah. I had the little it's sword and shit. But I'm like, though. people now are like, it's so underrated. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. It's always been overrated, motherfucker. Dude, watch the movie. Michael again. Myers. Michael Myers wrote that fucking movie, or at least the first draft. Oh, so well Nick Castle, dude, did you know that? I, I think I read. I did know that actually. That he had written the first draft. Or I he did he not had, know that. First draft. Ball, but he, it wasn't the shooting script or whatever. Uh, apparently, him and Dustin Hoffman did not get along, and he was kind of ousted from That's the project. That's correct. Yeah. That. Okay. Now, I remember yeah, hearing something yeah. rumblings. I think Nick himself had mentioned it on a podcast or somewhere. Um, I didn't know yeah, any yeah, of this. Dude, Nick wow. Nick Castle should have been like motherfucker. You know who I'm? Michael Myers. Dustin Hoffman. Like yeah. Do not question. Well, that was back it. before he was okay. he was proud of that. Now he's making lots of money off that. So now he's like, oh, I'll just that's my here's my card, Michael Myers. Thank you very much. The original, yeah. the best. Oh, dude, now now it's his. <laughs> he's making more money now probably than ever off of Michael Myers, dude. Speaking of Michael Myers, will he be mentioned on my list this evening? Um, Stay tuned. Yeah, so, uh, well, hold on, hold on. Be- <laughs> before we jump into that, has anybody braved the director's cut of of? Actually, no, I haven't. Of Halloween but Kills, I want yeah, to. I haven't seen it yet. And like, people messaged me and were like, "Hey, man, like, I know you didn't like the theatrical cut very much. Um, have you watched the director's cut? No, I have fucking not because my heart's already been either. broken. Well, with. listen, Jeremy, so. if our listeners ask enough, if they really want it, <clears throat> if that's really what they want from us, I, I, I gotta succumb to their needs. And, and maybe, possibly, you tell us, guys, if you want us to watch the fucking shit. And be dragged through the fucking mud I mean, and I'll shot fucking tell and you stabbed to death right now. again. I'll tell you right now. By the way, is that on Peacock as well? Jeremy? Uh, I don't know. Like like yeah, I think sure it's you have on to Amazon. You okay. have to buy yeah. it. Yeah. All right. I got you. Yeah, because I haven't seen it yet, but I, I am going okay. to watch that, though. So, did Michael kill again? Again. Did he kill again? again. Did evil die that Hawkins. night? Hawkins. I have to know. Hawkins. Well, Honestly, seriously, I'll fucking watch it. I mean, I, I came to the I, I came to the no, conclusion I'll that watch it right now. I'm going to buy it anyways. I'm gonna have to. I can't have the of empty. I, I can't. I have to own it. I, I'm I'm gonna buy it. So we're we're completists. Yeah, I get don't it. Don't act like you're hurting yourself, dude. Yeah, it's fucking Mike dude, going on a rampage. You own a signed copy of Halloween Resurrection, so I don't want to fucking hear well, it. Justin. Well, well, of course well, you're gonna fucking own exactly it. Exactly my point because I remember when I owned <laughs> all of them on DVD back when I was younger, and I bought Resurrection, and I was like, it, it, it was hurting me on my shelf. I'd look over at it, and it was peering at me constantly, and it was calling me names, making fun of me, and I said, "You're getting the fuck out." 
and I trashed it. And then I didn't own it until I bought the Blu-ray box. And then I was like, you know what? All bets are off. I don't even give a fuck. I have to own everything. I bought Halloween hey, 5 on 4K Ultra HD, for God's sake. So I got to. I got to. Hey, look, uh, Mike, Mike is an I icon. I mean, he's been he's been social distancing and wearing a mask since 1978. Was, so he, was cool. he's ahead yeah. of the curve. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah. With it. I, I don't know. Again, some people say you can polish a turd. Most people say you can't. Is an extended cut of an already terrible movie going to fix it? I don't know. All don't right. Know. Now, calm down. Now, am I here to defend Halloween? Well, well tonight, you didn't get I the will. chance when it first came out. I don't out, know if it's going to come up uh, tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, we are here to sit down and count down our top five horror movies of 2021. And, Gerald, you had said pre-show and a few moments ago that it was a really tough list for you to come up with. Yeah. Well... I mean, I want to ask you dudes, I mean, really, because I have 16 movies in front of me here. I tried to kind of like, you know, cut out the fat, so to speak. And these are 16 films that I really, really love this year that would be considered horror. But I just want to ask you dudes, because there's also some movies that would be what I consider horror adjacent. Um, You know, Justin, you and I have had discussions on previous shows about like Silence of the Lambs and that kind of thing where, you know, one person could say horror and the next person could say thriller or mystery, or whatever. Did you guys run into that when you were making your list? Because I've got quite a few, honestly. But in the 16, I've got like two or three that would kind of be like horror adjacent, where it's not like the main genre. Like we were just talking about Michael Myers, for example. That's pure sure. horror, right? Nobody's going to nobody's yeah. gonna question like genre bending for a Michael Myers movie. But some of these films could be horror, and then there are other things as well. So... I just want to kind of hear from you guys because of that, at least in 2021, it seemed like that was kind of a plentiful, like kept kind of coming up when I was going through these movies. What did you guys run into there? Or, or am I alone in that respect? I don't think that, uh, that I, I ran into any things like, like that, uh, this year, but I mean, dude, uh, if, if, if I really started analyzing everything that, uh, that I've seen the past couple of years, yeah. I'm sure there's, there's quite a few of those. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Saying, oh, right? 100%. Yeah, dude. Yeah. In fact, I'm pulling up my my list of movies that I've watched this year to see if anything comes to mind. Well, like Okay, so Don't 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 spoil anything though. Don't tell me. Yeah. No, it's not on my list. It's not on my list. It might be on one of ours. Um, it's okay. That's all. Like uh like the Clove Hitch Killer. Like I guess okay. that could be okay. horror, you know, or right. maybe someone else would say, "Well, no, that's not horror." Or like the hunt that came out um, last year. The hunt that was early, right? Was that, that last was, year yeah. or this year? I don't even fucking know anymore. That, that was twenty twenty. Yeah, yeah. Because, because that I was remember the, that, that was, was the, the last m- movie I saw in the dude, theater. That was the before, first movie that I, yeah, I actually did that rent at home thing, and it was twenty five dollars, and I really enjoyed it. But mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, like, I thought uh, it was good too. Yeah. When it comes down to it, if it has enough horror elements to be considered, yeah. I'll just I'll consider it such. It that's depends what on what's like the tone. Where's the tone in the movie? Yeah. Prisoners of Ghostland, yeah. that Nick Cage movie. Like, it ha- it had some right. things that it's like, okay, it teetered where it's like, could this be considered a horror film? I, I totally get what you're saying, Gerald. Yeah, so for that reason, um, you know, this 16 movies I have in front of me probably would have been more like 12 or 13 because I did include a few that that you could say horror, but you could also say some other things too. And a couple of them, or actually, I'm sorry, one of them, Made my top five, so I'm sure I'll talk Listen, about that. You're asking us get to that pick because you're scared that when we get there, I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to yell at you anyways. 
You're so, going to yell at me regardless. Did you, did you guys just and, see me fucking uh, like twitch and look over my shoulder? By any well, chance? you do have like a life size no, leather face right next to you, so I would be Dude, twitching no, too. No, it's so. Did it come to life? <laughs> so I completely forgot that there was a fucking life size Rocky Balboa next to where I'm recording. Wow. <laughs> In the corner of my eye, I saw what I thought was a fucking person. Dude, that so, motherfucker's eyes, though. Of all the thi- of all the things in your room that, to scare well, you, if you it's see it, when you Rocky. see it, if you ever go to his place, that motherfucker's eyes are dead, like pure dead, and they're, they're <laughs> scary fucking as fuck. Dead fish eyes. When I walked down the stairs <laughs> and saw that thing staring at me, I was absolutely. Right. It's it's scarier than anything else that's in his basement. He's got a lot of scary shit He's, in there. That's fair. He's like, you want to die tonight? You know. She might, <laughs> you know, oh, man. but yeah, it's, uh, we're here for this list. We hope you're excited. I, I honestly like really was interested to hear like what our listeners thought and what their favorite movies of the year were in terms of horror. But yeah, we'll get too. to that after this episode is released because we don't really promote these episodes anymore, which that's just me being lazy. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just, just, just going to drop, drop it. it. You're going to get it and you're going to like it or you're going to tell us we suck. But um, I did want to, before we go any further, say that we just love you so, so much because you gave us a bunch of new reviews. Spotify recently opened the option to review podcasts, a brand new feature, and we got a whole shit ton in like the first two weeks. So I just want to take the time. We love you. Seriously. Thank you for going on there. It literally takes two seconds. If you've listened to the show on there already, all you have to do is click rate. And you can give us a star rating. And even if you don't use that app, you can download it and listen to like 15 seconds of an episode and still rate us. And it definitely helps us in the charts. So Uh, and thank you, Jeremy, for posting that on your personal page. I'm sure it got a bunch of people to hop over there because. Yeah, dude, some people were confused as fuck, though. They were like, how do I do this? Like, it it seemed like there was some confusion for everyone. It was a slow rollout, um, which is because I kept looking for it, too. It was. Yeah. That happened too. Uh, people were like, "You reviewed?" I'm like, "Yeah," and they're like, "I can't do it yet." So gotcha. it was like, you know. But as always, staggered. you can still review us on iTunes. I know we're not giving away anything now. We may be giving away some scream swag in a few weeks, so be staying oh, tuned shit. for that. I wonder why. But um, mm-hmm. that's it. Yeah. So we're gonna jump in here in our top five horror movies of 2021 and yeah i'm gonna throw it to of course our guest the humble the always friendly the guy that likes fucking everything even even the shit that sucks but we love him for it we love him for it so Uh, you're you're number five man i I do uh look i find the good in pretty much anything and we were joking around a little bit earlier about halloween kills May or not be may or may not be mentioned again this evening, but to start out my list at number five, I'm going to go with the movie that I saw on Shutter, and I do have a few Shutter mm. originals in my uh, over you know overarching list this evening because I have a shit ton of honorable mentions. But I'm going to go with Psycho Goreman, PG is my number five. Guys, this is a film that you know is horror but more so it's just a genre film that is a, a love letter to all of the cheesy schlocky practical effect movies that we loved in the 1980s you know this is an 80s love letter of sci-fi horror and i just you know crack i mean i was watching the trailer tonight cuz i made a little video edit for the movies of the year and a, a 90 second trailer i'm like losing my shit cracking up it's just so funny it's a horror comedy and, it, you know, it just comes, it's so memorable, right? This is a movie that 
if you love this type of cinema and you see it, you'll never forget it. I mean, it, it just will stick with you forever. Such memorable characters and a, a great, you know, great music in this film. I love it. And, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of the things I loved as a kid in the 80s that I got to kind of, you know, have dug up again in my soul when I watched this movie. And I love Psycho Goreman and it, it, it had yeah, to make my top I mean, five. Uh, dreadfully low. Dreadfully low on that list. Mm, okay. Uh, all right. That, all right. We've been very outspoken about that movie on this show. And I can see in Jeremy's eyes where we're going to go with that. But um, I just wanted to comment on the fact that, yeah, this would be a movie that you grew up with because you're old as fuck. But so you you got to live through you got to live through <laughs> all am. those movies that me and Jeremy are like, we love them uh, now. We're, we were born in the 80s, but we're like, yeah. man, what was it like to be like 10 years older in the 80s to watch these movies? You know, so. You know, I look. I look at movies when I was a kid, like The Gate. You know, Fuck yes, um, dude. It was a, I was like twelve years old when that came out, and this is different, obviously. But I just have those kind of memories of those types of films with those, like when we look at them in twenty twenty one, like cheesy practical effects. And you, but but what they did with Psycho Gorman is they embraced that, right? Like they said, we have all the technology in front of us. Like we could make this as non cheesy you know, as any other movie that you might go out to the theater to see, but we're not going to do that. We're going to use the technology we have to recreate something that was made on such a low budget, you know, 30 years ago. And I felt like it was ingenious. It was also a great way for them to, you know, pay homage to what made that movie, what it was. And I know you guys will probably talk about it in a little bit, but you know, I, I had to put, I mean, this one was kind of bouncing around five or six, you know, but I was like, it's got to be in my oh, yeah. top five just for 100%. what it stands for. You, you mentioned uh, the gate, man. And, you know, that's one of the things that the uh, the whole pandemic took uh, took away from me is I was supposed to meet Steven Dorff, dude. He was doing, he was oh, scheduled wow. to do a Monster Mania appearance. That's right. I had a fucking gate poster ready and I was like, yes, finally. I love this movie so much. I can finally mm-hmm. meet Steven Dorff, get him to sign this poster. And then fucking insert COVID. So fuck you, COVID. But uh, dude, ex- yeah. excellent choice on your uh, on your five, man. As soon as you start, as soon as you said Psycho Gore, man, I, I thought of the song in the trailer where he's like, it's like, Hell he yeah, will dude. not stop till he bathes in your blood. I fucking <laughs> yeah, I love it, dude. I love it. It's so love good. It. Best it's thing so good, ever, man. seriously. And I'm sure, again, like Gerald said, it will be discussed <clears throat> again in a few moments. I'm sure. But Jeremy, let's head on over to you for your number five, brother. Number five was uh, was a film that I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, some comedy in there, but but make no mistakes, it is a horror film through and through with comedic elements. It's based on a video game that I never knew existed, but apparently it's a video game property. It's called Werewolves Within. I don't know if you okay. guys checked that out or not. Um, Unfortunately, I, saw I didn't. I, no. I, I did. You saw it, Gerald. Unfortunately, oh, I did. Unfortunately, you did. <laughs> Ooh, throwing shade. Dude, I no. Look, look. It, you know, go ahead. No, no, no. I'll let you give I, your dude, take I, on. I had a great time with it. It kind of reminds me of like Knives Out, but a horror True. film with a werewolf, or maybe werewolves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who knows? Check the movie out. But I had a great time with it. I thought it was funny. I loved the acting. I loved the characters. It was, you know, very eclectic cast which every character had their own distinguishing qualities about them you know there was nobody that could have been interchangeable which I enjoyed and I'm gonna be completely honest with you guys uh Milana Vantrub 
uh, who is mm-hmm. Lily in the AT and T commercials? Um, yeah, she's in Damn it. Right she yeah, is. and Squirrel yeah. Girl. She's not wearing khakis yeah. though, right? Dude, no. No, she's not. I have to be fans. completely honest. She is the reason that I watched. Of course, this movie. of course, she is, Jeremy. Oh yeah. She's <laughs> so great. yeah, I was like, I was like, hold on. I love. I was her. like an hour and a half of the AT and T chick. Like, because I'm going to be honest with you, every single time an AT&T commercial comes on, I stop what the fuck I'm doing, and I watch that commercial, because, mm-hmm. you know, she she's an amazing... Uh, she's a great amazing. spokesperson, so, right? Oh, 100%. A, I'm a big sure. I'm a big, uh, big fan of her character that she portrays <laughs> in those commercials. So, dude, so I watched I watched sure. this movie, and, and I loved it, and I had a great time with it, uh, despite Gerald not having a great time with it. So, it... it no, I'm... <laughs> In fair, in fairness, you know this this movie had you know a vibe similar to like an episode of Murder She Wrote, you know, sure. where there's like all these like kind of like quirky characters that you know any one of them could be the killer, or any one of them in this case could be the werewolf. And I did, and you mentioned Knives Out, which is a great analogy as well. And I I did appreciate that kind of like arc to the story. It just never clicked for me. Like I, I guess it's funny that we're doing a top five, you know, of the year horror because for me, what I what left me unfulfilled with werewolves within is there wasn't enough horror in it until we got to the last act and we kind of got the reveal and transformation and some of the other stuff that we see in the last act of the film, which was great. But up until then, it was just a lot of kind of like build up to an otherwise unfulfilling climax in my opinion. I got you. I got you. Now, with that being said, I've seen a I, shit I, I, ton I, I, of great I was reviews say, people in this movie. Are, I mean, blowing it up um, right now. They've been blowing and, it up for yeah, months. I mean, that's literally yeah. my opinion. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, it's cool. I, I did I a YouTube that. review of this movie and people I'm actually happy me, that you so. included it because I was I like, I was, like I, was, I, was, but, I was hoping someone would include it because I was the lazy person. I really wanted to catch it. It's good. I mean, you yeah. should watch it. It's definitely worth a watch. So. Yeah, it uh, it, it was a it was a good time, and uh, yeah, I'm glad that I took the time to watch it because it was one of those things that I was looking for something to watch, and I was like, oh yeah, like uh, oh, but what I was gonna say is that you know I, I'm a big fan of the slow burn movies, right? Like this was de- yeah. this definitely built the story up and the tension up, and and it was a slow burn comedic horror film. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big fan of Rosemary's Baby, of Halloween, so I you know I like films that can show restraint rather than just get into the 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 meat and potatoes of it all the time. Do I always like those kind of movies? No, but for me this one worked. So, yeah. It's a really weird, you know, when you know, we were just talking about Psycho Goreman a minute ago, but it, it, you know, it's a tough thing for filmmakers and really even for the actors in the moment cuz you're trying when you do a horror comedy because if you get it right, it's 50-50, you know, like it or at least pretty close. And the reason Werewolves Within didn't connect with me is because I felt like it was really heavy on the comedy. Like it was like I was laughing my ass off. Like a lot of the characters, you know, in that town were just fucking hilarious and they were great. And you really you really connected to a lot of the characters on a comedic level. But the horror was like it was like an 80 20 as opposed to a 50 50, in my opinion. No, I Um, I agree. with. And that was why I was somewhat disappointed just because I was hoping for more like blood and. Horror, sure. you know, in in that story. Yeah, you wanted a werewolf to eat someone's dick in the first five minutes. Just to, just to admit it. I did. I didn't see you any to dicks. See a fully That's erect really dick it, Yeah. Out of a guy's <laughs> pants, and a werewolf come up and bite it off like a hot dog with a bun around. That's what, that's what you wanted. I'm just saying that's what you wanted. Um, that's it. That's it. Great picks, guys. I'm gonna jump in here, and I'm not sure if this one will be mentioned on either of your lists, but man, Edgar Wright finally returns to horror. Yet this time with a more traditional approach. 
with his psychologically driven extravaganza and last night in Soho. Um, this yeah, motherfucker I had such a fun time with. And yes, I understand that the ending, either it works for you or it doesn't. But for me, the roller coaster ride to get there was worth every second of it. I had such a blast with this movie. It's extremely rare when filmmakers are given carte blanche to make a movie like this. Like, hey, go ahead. Do a 60s period <clears throat> UK, England, you know, and then like also introduce horror into that. Um, I love the haunting aspects of this movie. I, I absolutely love. I mean, Anya Taylor-Joy is great to watch in anything she does. She's one of the best up and coming actors, literally out of anyone. Absolutely brilliant in this movie. And I, I just think that the visuals are so beautiful, original and delightfully haunting when it comes to the horror aspects. They really remove themselves so much from like the generic look and feel to, I hate to say it, like a lot of the Blumhouse movies. And it just, it really worked so well for me on this, like, it's such a fun ride, you know, I, uh, the characters mm -hmm. were all so mm -hmm. interesting and, um, I just love that throwback to a yeah. different time because again, we don't get that very often and only someone like Edgar Wright could pull that off. Again, the movie's not perfect. I think either it's going to work for you or it's not, but for me it worked wonders and I just had such a fun time with it. So it had to be, I just, I, I, I fought with this and another movie, which I'll mention in my honorable mentions to let you know which one was going to get this spot. But for me, it just, it, it, it came down to would I buy this movie and watch it again and still enjoy it and this movie yes so last night in Soho is my number five well I'll tell you um and I, I don't hope, hope I'm not cutting you off there Jeremy last night so I just saw Holy it today fuck I just oh, watched oh, it shit. as Super we're fresh. recording at, as we're recording today it is on my list I'll just say um because it's coming up later on my list that this is why we love movies, a movie like last night in Soho, because Edgar Wright's an established filmmaker that he did incorporate horror into this story. That was a noir, you know, when I saw it and, and I was texting my daughter cause she, you know, she recommended it to me and she had seen it a couple months ago and I was like, I'm finally watching it. And we were texting back and forth. And for me, what if Austin powers was a horror movie, <laughs> right? All right. That's the last night in Soho. It is a very um, niche-like feeling to that London era in the 1960s, that London pop era. And it really does incorporate the haunting aspects that you mentioned and kind of like almost like zombie effects in a yeah, way. For sure. Um, a, a, a I, I, I felt a little bit of It Follows, here, like a funner but, It Follows where she's yeah. constantly looking mm -hmm. over her shoulder. There's always something there, this presence. It's constantly affecting her in her daily life. Yeah. But this was a brilliant, and we're talking about horror tonight, but I mean, just generally speaking, this was a brilliant movie, in my opinion, that was just a master class in why we go to the cinema. You know, it, it, the colors, the, the fucking music in this, guys. I mean, the, the use of songs the in this were, movie were was absolutely perfect, phenomenal. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's coming up later on my list, but I absolutely love the like pick. I, said, I, think I, I think it has great twists and turns, and I understand that the majority of people, they went 50-50. Like, the ending worked for them, or it didn't. By the time I got there, I had already figured it out anyways. So I was like, okay, you challenged me enough. Not quite enough, but I still appreciate the effort that you put in and everything else landed. So I was like, fine, I'll take the ending. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to me. I'm fine with it. The rest of it was great. So can we just uh, <laughs> talk about 
how big that one dude's mouth is. Like, oh, her, her boyfriend, boyfriend, like, has the biggest fucking <laughs> yeah. mouth I have ever seen. Like, like literally, like, half yeah. his face is his fucking mouth. Like, I every scene he was in, I was just like, look at this fucking guy's mouth. Wow. He's like the fucking, like, comic version of the Joker. I love it. So that, that's that's my one little uh, quip I, I, I wanted to add right there is a uh, guy with big mouth. Big mouth guy. Big mouth, big mouth big guy. Mouth, dude. Big mouth guy. So that leads <laughs> us to number four. Gerald, you're number four. All right. I might get shit for this one, guys. I'm ready because I know you two dudes are like horror, like top tier horror aficionados. But I fucking love this movie. Uh, I, I'm I'm biased, okay, because the lead actress in this film, and really the only like main marquee name in this film, is the anchor, right? She's in it from frame A to frame Z. She's responsible for carrying the narrative and carrying the story, and I feel like she fucking nailed it. And I absolutely love her, so I am biased. But it is Till Death, starring Megan Fox, is my number four. You might be, you, know, you might be the only one here that saw it. Jeremy, did you watch Dude, it? Dude, yeah, I'm. No, I didn't watch it yet. Saying oh. you saying that really intrigues me because not like I need a lot of motivation to watch a Megan Fox movie, but if you're telling me there's actually exactly. a good one, but that's Jeremy, out there, that's like way more motivation. Uh, look at this introduction. Top tier horror guys, and then we're sitting here. Wait, wait what? What? <laughs> well, you know that's that's my that's my point. That's to my point though, and I and I didn't. I didn't know this was going to happen. This is not intentional, but it's funny that you guys I know what you're trying to do, Gerald. Because Don't rub my balls but, too hard. I might come on you. No, no, it's okay. But this is uh, this is a home invasion film for oh, all Oh, man, and I purposes. love that genre, and, too. And I don't want to give away anything since you guys haven't seen it, but she goes out to the secluded cabin with her husband in the winter in, the, in a snowstorm. They end up kind of getting, you know, you know, they're they can't leave basically and some shit happens and she ends up kind of on her own and she has to survive uh the elements but also some other stuff that's going on there with some other people involved in the story and megan fox like just fucking owned this role dude uh my review of this film i'm gonna go back to my letterbox real quick jeremy dude i just i just i just Uh, made a i just made a note (laughs) i just made a note to fucking watch this movie my review is blood-soaked Megan Fox cinematic universe, please. <laughs> All right? <laughs> That's my review. I'm, I'm with that, man. Um, and, you know, I love this genre of film. Like you mentioned, home invasion films. Um, and I, I just love them. The Strangers is one of my all-time favorites. Funny games. I love that type of cinema anyway. And you have this, like, just goddess in, in Megan Fox who, um, you know, a tragedy befells her and she has to now survive and she's literally on an island you know no pun intended by herself in dude, the snowstorm I, I need to and, see this movie that sounds that sounds fucking awesome you know, dude what it, what was the Selma Blair was in a fucking home invasion movie um and it was fucking great man what what movie was that do you remember it it was like maybe like 5 6 years ago but it was fucking fantastic I don't. I remember her and mom and dad. Was oh, that, was, that was fucking though. great, dude. Yeah. So, so yeah. I'm gonna watch Till Death, and and you need Til to death. look up, uh, and I'll find out the title of it, uh, the Selma Blair one, and watch that one. And maybe you know, maybe we'll do a, like a double but, double feature for some home invasion action. I mean, you know, the first like 30 minutes is kind of like build up. You know, so it's kind of like, all right, what are we doing here? But after that first half hour, and we're in the cabin, and the event happens, which you guys will see, and she's on her own. It's like. 
you know, blood-soaked Megan Fox in a negligee yeah. tried to survive a fucking blizzard. Like, I'm like, all right, yeah, fucking, I'm sold. You know what I mean? So it, it it was really entertaining, and you have to suspend disbelief on uh, some different things that she goes through. But uh, it, yeah, it's it's one of my faves of the year in general. Definitely one of my That's horror. Awesome. I love that I'm being challenged favorite. so far yeah. by both of your lists. Two movies I haven't seen, and what kind of top tier nice. horror guy am I? See. Looking behind Gerald, I see a plaque. It's it's a it's a physical thing. It says horror guy. So I will be on my knees in front of you, I swear. Um, <laughs> you need the plaque. <laughs> moving over to Jeremy. <laughs> for his number four. Yeah, man. Number four. Uh, I was surprised to like this movie as much as I did. Even more so surprised that I liked it so much that it's on my top five list. Mm-hmm. The Forever Purge. I had a I didn't see it. Really, Damn. Really? I had a really, really wow. fucking fun time with this. I mean, dude, I don't even know how many sequels we are like in with this <laughs> franchise so far. Like I've lost Me I've lost count. You know, I know Frank Grillo was in some There's of them. There's a TV series too, isn't there? I didn't even watch that one. I was like, yeah, I'm I, I'm I'm out on this concept, but for whatever reason, Actually, I, I can tell you what what really drew me into watching it because I was I'm kind of checked out on the whole purge, you know, thing. Was the fact that Will Patton is in it? I think Will Patton is a fucking amazing actor. I mean, he's he's a fucking shining star and light in the new Halloween franchise. Um, I I've enjoyed him and everything he's been in from Remember the Titans to, um, fucking um. Uh, even the Punisher was he the, like with was he the dude in Midsummer or no? Uh no, no. Okay, All right. um, he 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 uh, he, he plays Hawkins, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's love interest in, in Halloween. Oh yeah, okay. I I I, got you. Okay. I love Will Patton. He he was uh, John Travolta's henchman and in, in the Punisher movie and dude he's he's mm-hmm. been in a bunch of great things and he's he's so severely underappreciated in in Hollywood. Um, I'm I'm. Yeah. He is really good. Me and my wife are hooked on the show Yellowstone right now uh, with Kevin Costner. It is fucking incredible. It's a landmark achievement for television as well, which is and why they just they announced like a spin-off. prequel, right? Yeah, the prequel. Yeah, it's, it's already out. Yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's already yeah. out. But, dude, I'm in season four. We've binge watched the fuck out of this. It This may end up being my favorite television show of all time. And the fact that it's, wow. it's about... Wow, you know a ranch in Montana. Okay. Like I'm surprised that uh, I'm that saying it's probably going to be my no favorite. Sense. Like, so this is Jeremy, like you, it's like Ozark I mean, as a western. Yeah. <laughs> right. Dude, you, you need to watch Yellowstone. I, I, I will watch Dude. Ozark. I love. I 100. Ozark's incredible. I 100 want to watch Yellowstone. I love Kevin Costner. It's 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 incredible. So Me once too. I found out, okay, Will Patton is in the Forever Purge. I was like, all right, I'm in. And then Josh Lucas is another person that is severely underused in Hollywood. Josh Lucas from Sweet Home Alabama, right, with with <laughs> Reese Witherspoon. He's a great fucking yeah. actor. Like, why isn't this guy in a thousand movies? Like, you want to talk about someone that should be in Marvel movies? That guy, he's a fucking great actor. Put him in a Marvel movie. There, I got, you got my, my stamp of approval. But so... The Forever Purge. I don't know if you guys have seen it. It's another movie I haven't, I haven't seen. It seen I swear to God, dude. You know the Purge really, as a franchise, really passed me by. Like I saw the first one, and I saw bits and pieces of sequels, but like I don't know why I just never. I know why onto I didn't that watch franchise. it because I thought the first film was shit. But 
People told me that it got yeah, it wasn't that great. Jeremy. But you were you were, you were Jeremy, one of them that you told overall, me to watch the sequels, but I never got it. the sequels. This, so overall, you're a fan of the franchise overall. Uh, overall, yeah, yeah. I mean, like I said, I was I was over it until I saw the cast of this film, and then I was like, all right, well, let me let me check this one out. Um, I have seen all of the films. I didn't watch the TV series, but I did not plan on watching this one until, like I said, I saw the cast and dude, it fucking made a shit ton of money at the box office too. People care about this franchise. Um, so the plot of this film is that it's once again, it's, it's the annual purge, you know, where people so far in the franchise have respected once the purge is over with, you go back to, you know, normal life. Crime is not legal. Well, there's a, a group apparently like it's, it's, there's a lot of political themes in here that you could say it's like it's like the MAGA people and shit like that. You could tell that's a heavy mm-hmm. reference for this, but people, mm-hmm. uh, there's a group of people that decide like, well, no, we don't want the purge to be over with in 24 hours. We want this to be the forever purge. Like they want to get rid of ethnicities. They want to get rid of of lower socialite uh, people. So they decide they, you know, kind of like the the QAnon or whatever the fuck it's called, they get organizations from all over the world that are buying into their cause and they say, fuck this. When the purge is over with, we keep going. We're going to turn this into the forever purge and we're going to purge this country of everything that's wrong with it and we're going to purge the world of everything that's wrong with it. So so it's timely as well. It is definitely, it's definitely timely. There's there's some some themes that you can go, okay, well, I can see where they, they drew inspiration for this, but... Um, it's, it's incredible. And, you know, speaking of ranches and Montana and shit like that, this one, uh, maybe was a little inspired from Yellowstone because it deals with a family that owns a ranch and, you know, they've got a bunch of employees and staff that work on the ranch. And let's just say that maybe there's some people that work for them or that are among them that don't have great feelings for them and maybe want to indulge in some purge activities Mm. after the purge takes place. So it's, it's, there's a lot of emotion. There's right. a lot of action. Uh, it's, it's a white knuckle ride. It's, I, I had an absolute blast with it. And when it was over with, I was like, you know what? That was a great fucking time and probably one of the best entries in the franchise. So I'm actually, ex- now I'm excited for where they're going to take this next okay. one. Wow. Crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Do you know off the top of your head how many there are? Oh, I have no isn't fucking there, idea. <laughs> isn't, isn't there four? Isn't uh, it the least, fourth? At least like it's, four or five, right? the fourth or fifth. Dude. It's got to be. I, I feel like this is this was either the fifth or the sixth. Okay. Listen. Wow. Yeah. It's it's okay. getting up there, man. I, I love how many kicks in the balls we're going to get verbally from people like, how the fuck do you not? Listen. Oh, dude, listen, it's, it's, it's the Purge franchise and it's, and it's, Kill me during the, it's purge. the Purge franchise and Blumhouse is cranking these things out. They cranked out the TV show too. Like I don't fucking know, especially because like a lot of film studios don't tack numbers on things anymore. Cause they're like, well, that equals it not enough to be money. It easy the when office. they put three and yeah. four and five. No, they're like, let's just not <clears throat> do that and put a little subtitle underneath it and, Listen, Gerald called me a, a horror aficionado, and I can't tell you how many Saw movies have come out because I don't fucking care. So you know well, what I mean. I'll say I, this much now: I lose yeah. count. Spoiler alert: Spiral isn't on this episode. No. Boom. Yeah. No. There was enough bad word of mouth on that one that it I, wasn't. I haven't watched it, it yet. It wasn't terrible. It wasn't by far. It wasn't the worst. But I'm gonna to move shit along. <laughs> gonna get to my number four. And Jeremy, this is just for you. 
this is like at Valentine's Day when you open up that envelope and it's like me or her. And it's a dick. Oh. No, well, maybe. It depends on what you check in the little box. But James Wan's follow-up to his billion-dollar Aquaman, a director that could have made literally anything he wanted to make with a solid budget, and he spent his time making a totally unhinged, uninhabited throwback to the movies he grew up loving and appreciating that my friends is the definition of a true horror director i'm talking about malignant look at jeremy's face look at it jeremy has yeah. left the conversation uh, he goes <laughs> malignant for sure he goes I'm so glad you mentioned without this. a second thought and it's rare in modern films where a director sticks to his vision and doesn't stray he gave us a tongue-in-cheek over the top and at times silly blast of a movie that we almost never see anymore and especially never see on the big screen in a wide release. You know, the full moons, the house on haunted Hills, if you will. Um, it was highly divisive with fans and yeah, on this fucking show. Um, but I absolutely loved it. Had an absolute blast with it. And as a horror fan, appreciate more than anything, seeing something like this being made with such passion and having this kind of release, because again, it is rare. I mean, Blumhouse is a separate thing. They they finance and distribute their movies on an independent level and just get a distributor to, to push them out. Small budgets. This thing was a love letter to all the movies that James Wan loved growing up. And I know for Jeremy, it, it didn't quite land. For me, it hit so fucking hard. And I get it was a 50-50 thing. But that's a good thing. I think it really is. I think getting fans to talk about these things and dissect them and discuss what worked, what didn't work for each person. That's what, that's what matters. And it creates a conversation for better or for worse. And I'm sure Gerald, your list is, is going to introduce a movie <laughs> in which is another one of those. But um, yeah, you know, as, as part of the beauty of, of these types of conversations, really, I mean, you know, Jeremy's the odd man out in this case, but I mean, who knows on the next pick, you know what I mean? It, it's just the beauty of it. And the subjectiveness to and the objectivity to film and how we receive it, especially the first time we see it. I'm with Justin on this. I love Malignant. It's my number six. So it just oh, barely missed my top five. Honorable mention. I think James Wan Ooh. has planted. I think James Wan has planted the flag as the horror director of our times. Uh, and what he did with Malignant is he said, look, guys. You know, if I'm if I am nothing, if I'm not James Wan, all master, I'm nothing. This is what I love. This is the kind of movie I would make as a student film in my apartment with three or four of my buddies. This is what I would turn out. It was just such a uh, it was just such a personal movie. I felt like like I really was able to connect to the filmmaker in this case, which, of course, is James Wan. And the imagery in it, I mean, the movie poster is one of the best movie posters of the year by far. And that speaks to the imagery overall that we get in this film. Uh, you know, it barely missed my top five, but I absolutely love it. Jeremy, I'm sorry. Go no, ahead. no, you're you're good. So <laughs> I love James Wan. He's one of my, my all-time favorite horror filmmakers. Definitely, probably my favorite modern horror filmmaker for sure. Uh, I mean, the guy is a master. He's a genius. I, I really think that the reason that this movie doesn't land more for me is is personal, right? Rather than just, you know, it being what it is for the film, I feel like 
because of my my small personal connection to this movie. Like I found out about this movie before the public found out about it because I stumbled onto the set, you know, as I talked about in the malignant and listen to that episode. It's available right. right now. EpicFilmGuys.com. Right. You thought it might be a, you thought it might be another night. Yeah, dude. Right, so like I stumbled yeah. onto the set on accident, long story short, because I was checking out the house from Poltergeist 2 and they were filming on the same street. So I see all these fucking production vehicles. It says Giallo Productions or Giallo Films on the, on, that's what got him. It, I know that's what got here, you. <laughs> here, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. So I, we look at me and my buddies look it up and we're like, oh shit, it's James Wan's production company. Like James Wan is filming a movie here. So, we hung around, we met James Wan, he signed some autographs, he was fucking amazing, and dude, the reason I feel like I, this movie didn't land for me is because it was described as a giallo film, right, which is a type of Italian slasher, there were elements in this film that were giallo inspired, sure. like the gloves, some of the shots, some of the colors, uh, one of the the killer's main murder weapon is, is very giallo inspired, but this was not a giallo film, um, and I feel like having the experience that I had and waiting years for this movie because that was 2019 because I was in L.A. for the premiere of Terminator Dark Fate and that's when I stumbled onto the set. So just think, that was two years of me like, oh man, James Wan made a Giallo Mm -hmm. film. And so like my mind racing of what this film could be so when I didn't get what I thought I was. So it get, came down. It, bo- it boiled down it. to your personal expectations versus what one hundred percent the movie delivered. Sure, to you. Yeah. And, I get it. I get and it. and the acting in the film, like, dude, some of the actors are yeah, so fucking. Yeah, but bad. I feel like that was intentional. It's oh, intentional. Dude. I mean, it's one hundred percent intentional. Part of the charm. See, of he'll, the he'll movie. disagree. If, but I, I, if it was supposed to be intentional, there wouldn't have been such a heavy context of like this chick that's been abused and. Spousal abuse and all, like all this. Oh, you're talking about the balance. Yeah, the balance between, between like, it, like the if, severity. If, if you're of, gonna give yeah. me shitty acting as a novelty, then the plot shouldn't be as serious as what you made it. Like that's where uh, the lines get see, blurred. That's why I'll me. leave this conversation. Maybe we'll we'll, we'll come, but again, <laughs> because giallos do introduce most of them, many of them, the best ones do introduce serious themes, but they do it in a silly way. It's it's because it's how it's interpreted because they're almost always Italian. So when you watch it from an uh, you know an American viewpoint, they come off as silly or dumb or sometimes a little bit over the top. But it's because how they're interpreted. But I'll I'll leave that alone. Yeah. If if you want to hear, it would be interesting. It would be interesting to know, though, Jeremy, had you not yeah that that expectation if it had landed differently and the hype right. Yeah, I just wonder. I, I, I bet because, you I would have um, appreciated it way more. Probably, yeah. For, for real. Yeah. Because some yeah. dude, the kills, the practical effects, the fight choreography, the way that it's shot. Dude, that one scene where he takes the fucking amazing. Like, like I mean, did you see hammer. the, did you guys see the, you guys didn't see the plot twist coming, right? No. I, I mean, I, I can't I, be alone I, in I, that. No, but, but, so but you I, do. I'm going to watch it again at some point. <laughs> I'm going to watch it again at some point, And hopefully, like, I'll have yeah. a new set of eyes while watching it. Because now I know what it is. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. So hopefully I appreciate it on my second viewing. Because, again, I fucking love James Wan. And not liking a film that he created, it, it's heartbreaking for me. So I'm going to give it another shot watch. at some point. In 10 years, Jeremy's going to be like, I watched that their malignant movie from a fucking wheelchair in a nursing home, and I really enjoyed it the second time or third time or however many times it's been. They're like, how how long was it since the first time you saw it? And, and I'm like, 
It's been a while. Oh, there it is again. You <laughs> found a way to... There it the is. The callback. There it is. But, all right, Gerald. Boy, here we are. We're down to top three, brother. All right, well, a movie that blew me away, guys, that, you know, is definitely atmospheric horror, but it's David Bruckner's The Night House would be my number three. Um. You know, this is a film that really reminded me of a lot of the old vintage kind of like Hitchcock uh, horror that we got in the 60s and 70s. It was very, like I said, you saw this at a film festival, just a right? Feeling. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I saw it at a film festival and I rewatched it recently on streaming as well. And the second viewing was even better because I kind of was able to like not be so concerned with the plot because I kind of already knew. So I was able to focus a little bit on what was going on, and I liked the second viewing even better. But Rebecca Hall, I mean, you know, she's going to go into that category, guys. And I'm going to go ahead and tell you because I know what's going to happen. But she's going to fall into that category and with Jamie the Tony Collette's of the yeah. world. And, yeah, and yeah. Lupita Nyong'o mm-hmm. from Us. And, you know, actresses that give performances that would literally be considered, like, the upper echelon Oscar-worthy, of dude. any acting performance you could possibly think of, but they're going to get overlooked because that's just the world we live in when it comes to the Academy Awards or really any major award body. And Rebecca Hall in this movie is that. I mean, the the scene where, which is not horror in any way, but the scene where she has to tell the parent, like, hey, I didn't grade your kid's paper because... My Jeremy, you loved, you loved that you know, scene. She, we talked about that She's going I mean, through that. that. Powerful scene. Love that scene. I mean, just like the way Hall delivers those types of of moments in this movie, um, you know, some actresses and actors have that ability. And again, this is to my point of regardless of what type of genre it is, but they have that ability to take you as the viewer and go, I'm not watching a movie like I'm literally watching an experience that a that a human person had. And this is a real, like, I'm just a fly on the wall. And and she did that in, in many instances in this movie. And, you know, her performance along with the just brooding kind of tension and build up to what we ultimately see as the kind of like twist in the movie uh, and the throwback to a lot of the old school Hitchcock-esque type films. Uh, you know, I loved it. I mean, it, you know, I loved it more for the art, so to speak, than, you know, the horror type aspect, even though it does have... Yeah, I mean, this is a horror movie, don't get me wrong, but this could also be one of those that could be considered horror Jason, I feel like. But I oh. love the Night House, man, so that's why it's on my list. Give me oh, yeah. give me a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy, we're down to top three, man. Like I I can't wait to see what you're gonna talk about in your next yeah. picks. Dude. Yeah, so so this one is one that has been mentioned already in this conversation. It's last night in Soho. Great. This was wow. one that, that I yeah, this this one is is one that I hadn't really planned on checking out. It wasn't something that even though we we, trailers, we did we did we sponsored a advanced screening of this. I know you couldn't make yeah, it, but we yeah we, I could. We as a show, we thank you for giving us that opportunity. By the way, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I you know th- this was one that the trailers didn't really grab me, and it was one of those things that I knew that it, it was one. Dude, this trailer, I and this is a motherfucker that met like. Edgar Wright too. The only person on this show right now that's already met him. Oh yeah, yeah. So <laughs> the trailer didn't really do much for me. It just, you know, I was like, all right. I knew it was a movie that I was going to check out eventually, but it was not one that I was going to race to see until word of mouth kept going that this thing was fantastic, and then Justin had said, "Dude, you got to watch it." So. 
you know, I woke up early before, uh, you know, the family woke up one day and, and, and I just watched it, man. And, and I, I, I loved it. It was an absolute roller coaster ride. I did not see the twist coming until right when it was happening. And then it was like, Oh shit. I know, I know what this is. Um, I, I it was great. It was so beautifully shot, you know, just mm-hmm. the, the color schemes, just how it truly looked like it was made in a different time was just mm-hmm. a masterclass of filmmaking. Edgar Wright, man, he, he, he knocked it out of the park. You know, the only thing that, that kind of sucks about this movie is it's like a Shyamalan movie in the sense that it's a twist, right? It's got that, it's got that big twist ending. So once you see the twist, it's, it's hard for me to go back for repeat viewings on films like that. Right, but I but I will uh, I'll kind of piggyback on you there a little bit for other listeners and just it, I some I agree with what you're saying as a wholehearted kind of like theory, but I will say that there's so much to pick apart in this movie from the cinematography and the score and the music and the performances and you know the production design having to kind of recreate the 1960s in London and there's so much stuff that you could enjoy where to your point like the sixth sense for example doesn't have that I mean it's Philadelphia in the year 2000 or whatever it is you know what I mean like there's not a lot to really eat up and so to speak but another thing that I want to mention because we were talking about the Academy Awards a minute ago is that of all the films that we'll talk about tonight I can guarantee you that Last Night in Soho has the best shot of any kind of Academy Award recognition because right. of Edgar Wright. And he could possibly, could possibly squeak in as best director and also Anya Taylor-Joy as supporting actress. You know, I can see both of those happening, and that would be like a Silence of the Lambs moment where it's like the Oscars, finally. Yeah. They have a horror movie, and they're like, you know, because of the, the hybrid throwback. aspect of what the movie really conveys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like these old dudes are watching this. They're going, oh, OK, I remember that, yeah. you know, Beatles era in the 1960s. So Edgar Wright was somewhat genius to kind of incorporate that into the story. Um, just to kind of piggyback yeah, yeah. on what you were saying yeah. there, Jeremy, where it does have those different qualities it's, it's, to it. It was fantastic. I loved it. Like, you know, it's not going to be, be a movie that I go back and, and race to see again anytime soon, because like I said, because of the twist. Once you know, you know, I'm, right? Yeah, once you know, you know. But I, I loved it, man. And and like Justin said, I got to meet Edgar Wright when he was promoting uh, Baby Driver, which I fucking loved that movie. Like, the guy is just a, a powerhouse of a, of a filmmaker. Um, he was super cool. He signed some Shaun of, the, Shaun of the Dead shit for me, which was really rad. And he was at Awesome Con, of all places in D.C., uh, promoting And I missed that Baby shit. It was down the street, and I missed it. Yeah, they, uh, they, but what's crazy is that it wasn't a situation where like anybody could just walk up and meet him at that show. It was like a ticketed thing. And like, I just, I got lucky and was able to fucking snag a mm-hmm. ticket and got to meet him. So I'm, I'm curious to see what he's going to do next because, you know, I, I like his end of the world trilogy quite a bit. Um, and obviously he's mm-hmm. proven that he's a, he's a fantastic, uh, comedy director. And I mean, he's, he's done a bunch of different things mm-hmm. at this point. So I, I'm on board for whatever he's doing next. Yeah. They, he's, he's a very versatile and prolific director. You know, what I'll say with last night in Soho is it's definitely his most cinematic oh, for sure. film. For sure. Like absolutely all the different aspects that go into making a film. Great. were just top tier in this movie. And he really, you know, surrounded himself with the right crew to create a movie that didn't necessarily look like an Edgar Wright movie. Like, 
You know, you know what I mean. Like you could see some of the other films. Well, you go, it's, okay, a, it's a lot more flashy. Like, it's a lot it. bigger. It's bigger. It was in very scope different well, for him, but also yeah. smaller in scope in terms of character. Mm-hmm. So it's, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess I'll move on to my number three. Yeah, yeah. Do it, go. man. Do it. Top three. Always so difficult, but this movie nailed me right out of the gate. John Krasinski returns. With a follow-up to his 2018 smash hit, delivering a scarier, more tense, and more thought-through action-packed sequel with A Quiet Place Part 2. It's rare in horror where a sequel is even slightly as good as the original, let alone being better than the original. And this might just be another Terminator 2 of the horror films. The opening scene, for me at least, was by far the most impressive, intense horror theater experience of the year. I went and saw this twice in theaters during COVID time. That's how much this opening of this movie fucking crushed me. I was like, I told Danielle, I was like, no, I have to see this opening again in a theater because it nailed and it, it. It hit me the same the second time. I I honestly can't wait to see the next one, but really only want to see if Krasinski returns as both writer and being behind the camera because he is the main man. Like, he understands this franchise. Yes, he is picking up from a bunch of different franchises that we've seen before. There's some Jurassic Park in here. There's some Alien. There's some Aliens in here. But what he does to perfection is the tension and suspense and the smaller moments where there are characters put in jeopardy in these tiny rooms. And it builds constantly and never lets go. It's that unrelenting feeling of terror and most filmmakers today don't really want to take the time to give that to you they'll give you a few seconds and then boom there it is the monster and it comes through and let's have an action sequence but in these quiet place movies he is so precise in every single moment and i absolutely love this movie it's probably the best monster Mm -hmm. movie of the entire year and we don't get monster movies enough anymore we need more we need more of them whether it's an alien or a creature from, you know, beneath the ground or whatever it may be, like the crucial aspect of them is so here and to the T, it, it's so perfect. Um, Again, listen, Jurassic World franchise. Go get John Krasinski to direct your next movie. Fuck Colin Trevorrow. Oh, like, make it darker. It's darkly like the noir aspects of how he lit these creatures in the shadows. I mean, it. it it's perfection. The doc scene, everything. So for me, I had to include this. Mm-hmm. I know it's a big time mainstream release, but uh, everything that needs to work in a movie like this worked to the spades. And, you know, Killian Murphy being in this movie was so welcomed. And, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. he deserves so much more work. You know, Jeremy was mentioning a few other actors earlier on in his picks. Dude, Killian Murphy's been out and about for for years and he's still not getting huge roles he's getting side roles in 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 shows and television but he needs bigger roles he's fantastic in this movie speaking speaking of him like with all this pandemic shit that's going on like how to have how are we not getting a 28 months later i feel like we as a people relate to that franchise more now than fucking ever before would it be two on the nose though I mean, dude, 
I, I'm for it, man. There's there's so many parallels to what the fuck is going he, on in the he world said, right he now. He said he to, would return. When he did press for this, he said he would return for another one if they asked him. So, Dude, they, they need to jump on that, man. Because like, the second one, tw- 28 weeks later, yeah, that's right. was fucking incredible. It was so good. I watched it once, so like, but don't forget. I, I, I forgot. I don't, I don't remember. Dude, but. it's it's literally just as good, if not better, than the original. I don't I know about that, that but... Hey, you know? <laughs> Boys, we're down to our top two. Holy fuck. What a year. Seriously. Gerald, you're number two, dude. Easy for me, dude, because we've already talked about it in depth, but my runner-up is Last Night in Soho. I just Woo! saw it today, guys. I saw it like 10 hours ago. You know... I've said enough about it already. Anya Taylor-Joy could be on her way to a supporting actress for this. And Edgar Wright just created a, just a, like a cinematic achievement. You know, it was just a, it was just a journey where his other films were very niche and very genre. This is a film that has so many different things. It's such a wide scope. Thomas and McKenzie's great in this role as kind of the shy, timid heroine in the movie. And the music I already talked about, the soundtrack is fucking phenomenal. And a throwback to the 1960s that we get in this movie. But you guys both had it on your list, so at least it's a triple crossover. The only one. I don't know if the we'll have another one, one. but yeah, it's, my, so far. it's my number two as well. I, I think it's just, you know, I won't say it's Edgar Wright's best movie, but I will say that it's his most cinematic For film. Sure. You know, it's, it's clicking on so many different levels than what he's done in his career and and I absolutely loved it. So it's my runner-up. Jeremy. Oh, yeah. You're number two, bro. Number two. Holy fuck. Is an old, is an old flip-flop, Justin. Oh. Check out the check out the flip-flop, Justin. Yeah. Ghostbusters Afterlife is my number two. I know I, I, with the excitement, having seen it in theaters and seeing it with you, I know initially I stated in the theater, well, hello, my favorite movie of the year. And, and. We shared some some similar sentiments as far as that's concerned, but after digesting everything that I've seen this year, and I, my number one pick I love so much it, that my mind continually went back to this film, and I said, okay, well, that has to be my number one, so Ghostbusters Afterlife is my number two. The movie was, was great. There were so many great callbacks while setting up a, a new universe. You know, I, I love the we're all Ghostbusters that uh that the director has set up for future installments that it doesn't have to be necessarily just the OG crew, that anybody can be a Ghostbuster. Um I'm I'm all about it, man. I, I had such a great time. It was a deeply, deeply emotional ride as anyone who was a fan of the franchise growing up was, you know, like I know we watched the cartoons, we drank the Ecto Cooler, we had the toys, we had the proton packs as a kid, we and did. I felt, yeah, dude, I, I, that little proton pack that I had when I was a kid, the fucking little blue proton pack, the little with the yellow, yellow squiggle in the that front of the end, yeah, I had that ye- shit yellow too. Squiggle. Your dad had to fucking, put the stickers I, on the back of the proton pack. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I specifically remember running around my my backyard, which is only a street away from where I live now. Um. But I remember running around my backyard with that proton pack, busting invisible ghosts, and watching that movie made me feel like that kid again. Where I, you know, I wanted to throw on a proton pack and fucking get my daughter and go in my backyard and 
bust invisible ghosts, man. Like, it was just, it hit me on so many levels. It's such a great film. Are there elements in the film that that could have been better? You know, the one thing that I'll say is I, I wish the scene with, with the ghost in the town, I wish we would have got more of that, more of the ghost wreaking havoc in the town. Um, Would have been cool. Maybe, like, a little bit more action in the finale, but overall, obviously, it's my number two. I love the movie, man. Great film, and it, it's a family horror, 100%. too, which is... I got to be honest with you guys. Not something I was expecting to discuss tonight. Knowing you two dudes, I didn't. Well, know I didn't you were know he was going out, to either. Because I took my, I t- I took my eight never, year old son to see this. We never talk about it. We and, never talk um, about it beforehand. Had I known, it would probably be on my list. But this is that's why these yeah. lists are so exciting because you never know what's going to come out. But, but you know, so you, you took your your young child to see. The, how, how did that? Yeah. How did that? Well, I took. I took my eight year old to see it at, at my local Alamo and uh, you know, he fucking loved it. I mean, he had seen the first two and on Blu-ray at the house. And I said, man, we got to do this, you know? So we went to see it and you know, one thing that I, I don't know, I just, I'm such a fanboy of, of the original film that I don't know. It was hard for me because it's just tough when you try to kind of like, you know, dig up these emotions from so many years before. I mean, you know, you had, and I don't want to give any spoilers, but you had all those great cameos in there. Bro, spoilers. Uh, Everyone's everyone's fucking seen the Half of the film. If if, if, if they ain't seen the movie and they're listening to this, they can go, never mind. I'm not going to be mean. I'm just saying. (laughs) So so would would this be horror adjacent? Would you, would you say this is, yeah, yeah. I mean, see. I would say this or family horror. Yeah, I mean, dude, you know, I, you got ghosts. You've got fucking demon dogs. That's great. All that well, that, shit. That, that's I why. That's it. why we covered it because it was again. Yeah. There's ghost as ghost mm-hmm. in the title, and of course it's Ghostbusters. We, we you know this is right up to, there, but this yeah. is easily up there with like Gremlins yeah, and course. that kind well, of stuff, where it's like it, it's horror, but see, you can enjoy it see, with. I'm not the only one. All ages, see? You know? yeah. But no, Gremlins is a horror film. It's not. It's not. It's more of comedy. <laughs> there you go. Horror, but it's okay. It's more of a family film. It's a horror film. It's okay. It's okay. It's there to scare and entertain. But entertain. <laughs> I love when you know Justin gives me a hard time because I you know I, I saw my I, I showed my son I Jaws. I didn't at age give you a hard seven, time. I said know? that you should show your son Jaws. But it, to 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 Jeremy's point with this pick though, it is really a it, it's just an emotional experience when you can find something in the horror genre that you can share safely <laughs> with your children, where nobody's going to go. You fucking showed him that? You know what I mean? Like, nobody's going to say that about Dude, Ghostbusters. that's, that's like, actually like, oh, okay. happening to me right now. So, <laughs> yeah. so uh, maybe about a month ago, same same kind of dealio. I woke up early. rest of the family was still sleeping. I went downstairs. I started watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Dude, my daughter is mm-hmm. five. But she loves horror stuff. She has to. I mean, like, dude, if... if People could see my basement where I'm recording this podcast right now. One day we will do a video tour and put it on our YouTube. One of these days. I, dude, it's I've got all this. I've got nothing but like life-size horror movie statues and things and collectibles. So, like, of course my daughter is going to grow up with this stuff. She is five and begs me to watch Halloween. I'm like, no, you can't watch Halloween. It's, it's, too, it's too much for you. So she came downstairs. I was watching Killer Clowns from Outer Space, and she was like, I watched some of this and I was like, you know, I don't think it's that bad. It's kind of silly. Like, I feel like this is kind of safer. So I was like, all right, look, we can watch it. But like, if any part starts to scare you, you just let me know. She not only watched the movie with me, she fucking 
loved it so much. So, dude, she's gone to school. She is telling her teachers, like, oh, have you ever seen Killer Clowns from Outer Space? And her teacher, the teacher's like, no. No. She's at the lunch. Have you? She's she's like, oh, it's one of my favorite movies. Like, she's telling everybody, like, she's like an old school you know, horror aficionado now. She's like, oh, you just have to watch Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. So she's fucking diming me out. Dude, check this out. I'm going to play this. Maybe this will come through. So now she's walking around. Same Killer Clowns. From Outer Space. Outer Space. She's singing the Dickie song. The Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Yeah. So like, dude. <laughs> but she, she's diming me out left and right. So... Yeah, it's cool when there's a movie that's like it's supposed to be like a family horror film, but I'm I'm the guy that's right, showing right. my five year old killer clowns from outer space, and she's telling the world about it. So I'm I'm gonna be in trouble. Same thing happens over here, man. I mean, my kid's eight, but the same thing happens over here. You know, he's all about the Squid Game now. I didn't show him Squid Game, <laughs> but it's like all anybody right. talks about his fucking elementary school is Squid Game. You know, so I, I need get to watch it. that. Oh shit! Oh, it's really good. So my number two, oh, here we we go. Already mentioned, but um, from the genius David Bruckner, a riveting and terrifying gateway into grief about a widow named Beth played by Rebecca Hall. And what Gerald already said was, and I will confirm so here, an Oscar worthy performance who begins to uncover her recently deceased husband's disturbing secrets. This film deals with grief in a real-life way, deeply rooted in real, serious emotion and character, and the scares are directly connected to how losing a loved one can affect us and play tricks with our mind. Um, And it gave me the fucking best jump scare of the year, Um, especially being that guy that's almost always hungover. Like, I don't know the reason why. Someone tell me why. I don't know. Were you... Were you hungover when you heard that sound? Yeah, but does that make it any less real? Um, Jeremy, you know what I'm talking about, that scene we talked oh, about in sure. our review. But um, precisely time suspense and terror. This is uh, by far one of the scariest movies of the year, but only because I connected so much to the characters, to the real-life grounded nature of it. I mean, they build it so well in the beginning of the movie, and it's so full of dread. And our listeners that have been around for a long time know that I love movies drenched in dread and darkness that just put you into a place where you're so uncomfortable that you can't leave the theater. And you guys both know how much I piss. I didn't piss once during this movie. I held my dick the entire time to make sure I didn't piss. Wow. You've peed like five times during this podcast, by the way. But the listeners don't know that. They don't know that in the theater. They're like, Justin sneaks away and goes and pees and he's done it like five times this podcast. So there you go. It's just this movie. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You know, a baseball bat to the face because, you know, we always question what would it be like if you lost your significant other or someone so important to you? And, and it's abrupt. It's someone that's young that you don't expect. Um, it, it raises a lot of questions. And in this case, we've just got like a small town teacher who, by the way, lives in a beautiful fucking home on a lake and shit. It's like, but a lot of times people don't necessarily take that for granted, but they're just, their life and their viewpoint on what they're, they're trying to convey 
is different than the material aspects. And I think this movie digs into that a little bit. The ending, again, another movie where the ending is like either you're going to fall for it and, and accept it or not. But the build up and the lead up and the shock and surprise in the third act is so brilliant. And I just, oh man, it hit so hard for me. Um, and it was scary. So scary. I know it did, Justin, because you texted yeah. me that night after. You said, hey, bro, have you fucking seen the night house? Like you were kind of like. I don't. Know, I got the sense from your text message that you were. And you were like, like I saw it at a film like festival kind of floored. two months ago. I'm like, yeah, I, I, I fucking saw it. You talking about the one with the, about the, one with the Rebecca it. Hall? But I mean, you could tell that it genuinely like That's hit. Good. You, yeah, you I, mean, know what I mean, I feel like yeah. if if this if this movie if the finale, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like if if the finale was a little little different for me, it would have been on my top five, but. You yeah, know, there, the reveal there's, there's, wasn't great. There's so but. many things that it's uh, that makes you question elements in the movie that goes, you know, was this just literally her dealing with her grief, or was like all this other shit really happening? Mm-hmm. Was her was her husband fucking killing those people? Right. You know, like, or was that in her mind right. justifying the grief? Like, I don't know. Like, there's, I feel like if the finale was stronger for me, it would have been on my list. But uh, th- th- I still th- th- really th- th- enjoyed th- th- it. Like much like you said earlier on, like this was such a personal movie for me because I experience a lot of those things sometimes or you know when you're not in a right mental state and in sometimes you might see something you're like ah oh, what's that over there what's that what's that dark shadow over there is that really just my mind working on me or is that my problems trying to you know become something manifest. else manifest and yeah, yeah and, and 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 take me over and I think this movie deals with that it doesn't all the way get there, but it's the closest thing to that, I think, in being smart horror. So 100% nailed me. One of the smartest horror films of the year. My number two. So moving on, Gerald, we are number one. And I am ready to fry you for this. Oh, no, you won't. What? You won't because you already mentioned it. Right, look, guys, look, guys, look, guys. Um, let's see. Uh, Godfather 2, The Empire Strikes Back. Um, films that sequels that surpass the original almost never happens. It's like once every ten or fifteen years. And John oh Krasinski did it with a quiet you're place. You're going part there two. now? Holy shit! Yes, yes, that is easily the best wow. horror movie that I saw this year. A Quiet Place Part Two. You know what Krasinski did is he took that original formula. From the creature feature that he created, which, by the way, was in my top five films of the year that year in 2018. And he said, I'm going to make basically the same movie. But what I'm going to give you guys, I'm going to give you some twists and turns and some different characters that we didn't have in the original. Because we just had the one family in the original, right? So I'm going to give you some outsiders. And I'm going to also give you a prequel kind of like setup. Like, how did we get here? And that's all he did. Like, with the exception of that cold open... And some of the additional characters, like you mentioned, Killian Murphy, it's the same movie. It's a quiet place, right? So he took it and he really heightened the technical aspects of this film. And he gave you some of the background that I absolutely loved. You already mentioned the opening in this film, which is one of the the greatest achievements in cinema this year, in my opinion. Yeah, It's Uh, it's so good, man. And I mean, he really, really brought you back into that world to where you're like, it's like you never left, you know? And Krasinski was able to do that. There's a scene in this movie, guys, or it's about a 10-minute sequence in this film 
where the technical display is like I'm as a video editor, which I am, I was in absolute awe. The intercutting back and forth between Millicent Simmons' character and the son in the movie, uh, Noah Jupe's character, and he's cutting back and forth between two really climactic storylines that are playing out, and you're invested in what's happening here, and then he'll cut away to the next scene. And then the buildup happens with Noah Jupe, and you're like, oh my God, what's going to happen to him? And it goes back to Millicent. And it's just like the intercutting is phenomenal and the editing is is just on another level. And I know that, you know, COVID delayed this movie. And I wonder if because of that, we were able to get the product that we got and he was able to spend more time with it. Um, But it was just such an achievement in movie making, regardless of how you feel about the story. And as a creature feature, which you guys already talked a little bit about how we need more of those. You know, people are going to reference Stranger Things and like whatever, the Demogorgon and like whatever. But regardless, this is a creature feature where because of the actors involved and Krasinski's direction, you connect to the would-be victims and you really, really want them to survive. Uh, and because of that, it makes for just a, an unforgettable movie experience. It was the best horror movie I saw last year. Holy Shit, and here I booked you. <laughs> False. I thought I when you st- when you started, I thought you were talking about Halloween. False kills. advertising. Wasn't gonna do it, See, but it knew. is my yeah. yeah. I mean, he I knew. Do want to defend it. He knew that we booked him because he liked Halloween Kills, and I, I was gonna pull up the bullwhip <laughs> on him. You guys were ready, no. right? Dude, yeah, I, I thought you were dropping Halloween Kills, and when you were like, it surpasses the original. It's like. Oh, this is. Oh, I was like, this no, is about no, to no. Get I was like, this you. is about to get very fucking interesting. <laughs> All right, well, I give you props on that. I mean, I really love that movie. It's my number three. I think it's fantastic. It's brilliant. I mean, but Jeremy, I, I have no idea where you're going, unless Dude. we're both going the same place. And if we are, we might as well just go there together. We'll see. Psycho Gorman. Yeah. Psycho Gorman. Frig off, motherfucker. Frig off. Frig off. Uh, dude, yeah, I I I loved this movie. Uh, fun fact: this was the first film I saw back in a theater, you know, after not seeing anything in theaters for over a year. Man, it was was this movie it was religious. Like, this was the movie? Yeah this this was the movie that the moment that I saw the trailer for the first time, I rewound it and watched it like four more times. I love how you times. said you rewound it. Like yeah, it was a well, tape. I d- <laughs> I, I fucking I, I clicked the little button on YouTube and I rewound it back to the beginning, uh, dude. So yeah. much so that like I watched it like like I said like five times and then my wife I was like you have to watch this and I was like dude this is this is a movie that like was made in my fucking dreams you know what I mean like it was just so many things that I loved from it's the my movie childhood you made Jeremy dude it it's a movie that I I wish I fucking made man like dude this was like. Like, if Troma was like, I'm, I want to make a fucked up Power Rangers movie, like, it would be this. Like, there were so many Power Ranger references and, and like, even, like, the way that it was shot and, like, the fight scene in the woods and how the villains looked and, like, dude, just the die, the silly dialogue, the silly characters, the over-the-top gore, everything about this movie, I fucking loved it. I, I was already a fan of Steven Kostansky. Yeah, from Astro Sex, yeah. Dude, yeah, I, I mean, I, I fucking loved Manborg. Manborg's like, great, that was, dude. Manborg was fucking amazing. 
you know, I loved his Leprechaun Returns. It was like, dude, that movie didn't get discussed enough. It was, it was. I feel like, the no, best I feel like no one paid attention to it, dude. Yeah, I, I don't know what was up with that because it was. I mean, dude, all practical effects. Uh, it was. Yes, they didn't have Warwick Davis back as the Leprechaun, but you would have no fucking idea. The makeup was perfect. The voice was perfect. The mannerisms was perfect. Leprechaun Returns is fucking amazing. Everybody listening should watch Leprechaun Returns. It was a great return to form for that all four franchise. Of you. All four of you, seriously, go watch All it. four of you listeners, watch <laughs> Leprechaun Returns. He did The Void, which was very much the a love letter great, to John man. Carpenter. I mean, I mean, your boy, your boy Devin and Aaron, they did the whole line on yeah. the, the, with the, the apparel for it. And I bought the tank top. It, it created a whole frenzy. So that helped it's, build Kostansky to, it, it, again, heighten levels. Yeah. And what's what's another bummer about this fucking, you know, amongst the million and millions of fucking things that are bummers about COVID is, dude, Stephen Kostansky, he he was doing uh, Horror Hound for Mask Fest. And like I found out he was like, yeah, I'm going to be there. And I was like, oh, fuck, yes, this was before Psycho Gorman came out. But I was already such a huge fan of his that I was so right. excited to meet him. And then, you know. Did not fucking happen. So hopefully that happens one day in the future and I can have him sign a fucking Psycho Gorman thing because I I love this movie. I, as soon as I could, I could watch, you know, like I said, I saw it at the Alamo Draft House in, in Winchester. And the moment that uh, we could stream this movie, I was streaming it because I fucking love it. And like, I, I suggest it to all my friends that, that otherwise maybe wouldn't watch a movie like this. I'm like, no, seriously, like, it's fucking great and it's hilarious. Uh, so I can't wait to see what Steven Kostansky does next, um, film-wise, because he's he's he he did the Day of the Dead Sci-Fi Channel TV show, or whatever. But uh, I'm I'm excited about his about his next feature, whatever that's gonna be. But this movie, man, I fucking I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I mean, there can't be enough love showered under this thing. So both of our number ones, and again, ladies and gentlemen, you know that we never discuss this shit. Before we sit down to actually spew it out on the microphones, but if you listen to this show, you could be pretty positive that we would be walking away with this is our number one psycho gore man. I mean, the absolutely bonkers and bodaciously violent throwback to low budget monster buddy comedies of the 80s. Gerald already put it perfectly earlier on, but I'm going to keep repeating the same shit. But I mean, I got a chance to see this in theaters. I work for Alamo Drafthouse as their horror host at Alamo DC Ashburn, and it was a tiny crowd and theater number one, which is the tiniest theater. And there was like three fucking people there. And I was like, Danielle, I'm taking the chance for this one. I gotta go. There's no other way for me to experience this movie. And those three or four or five other people that were in the theater were bombed. Just like I was and waiting and ready to fully experience the greatness the epicness, the absolute nonchalant terror that is Psycho Goreman. And when I walked out, I got to tell you guys, especially considering all that we had been through as a society and as a country leading up to that, it brought the biggest smile to my face. And I said, this, this movie exists and everyone in the world needs to know about it. It's such a love letter to so many of the great movies we all grew up with and so purely unapologetic. And it's funny, it's gory, and but it's got likable characters 
and it's got heart in the end. Even though it's silly and it's on the nose, it has heart and you walk away feeling good about it. Oh, the whole world's being destroyed, but you're like, that was so fucking fun. Um, I, I hope we not only get a sequel, but I hope this opens the door for more indie filmmakers to take chances like this did. Uh, it paid off and this movie became a huge, like a gigantic fan favorite. I own the Blu-ray, the collector's edition over there in my collection. And I think a lot of people want to see more Psycho Gorman. And I think that this movie really, during a hard time for everyone, just was a shining light through the side of the door. They're like, hey, come look in here and see this thing. And when people realize what this movie was and they got indulged into it it was magical to them i mean i've seen it twice on the big screen i watched it twice at home even my wife who was like that's so stupid but i love it you know like it, it, it's such a crazy thing so psycho gore man we love you yeah you're you're the best thing ever that that ever <laughs> just a good time I mean, man when do we ever get movies produced like this anymore? Practical mm-hmm. effects. Like Jeremy already said, Power Rangers, the Masters of the Universe, you know, references are so huge. And it's just such a love letter. And, and I want to watch it right now. I, I'm <laughs> like literally talking about I'm it. I want to watch it right to. now. I mean, what's funny is the only movie on this entire list that hasn't been reviewed on this show is Last Night in Soho for... Those of you listening, if you want to hear reviews for all the rest of these movies, they are available in our archive. So check them out. But that is our top five horror films of 2021. But we are now going to do our honorable mentions. And I know Gerald, because he watches fucking everything known to goddamn man, uh, is going to have like the longest list. We'll start with him for his honorable mentions. All right, well, I just want to list a few, and then I'm going to defend all of the kills at the end of this. Okay. My number six would have been Malignant. My number seven would have been Halloween Kills. Hold that thought. My number eight would have been the new Candyman. My number nine would have been a film called Censor. Good flick. And my number ten would have been my number ten would have been Lamb, the Swedish. You still didn't Icelandic get a chance to see that one. Either. I want to see that. I want to see that. I haven't checked it out yeah. yet. It's good stuff. So, look, I, I'm going to let you guys do your honorables. I just want to say about Halloween kills. All right. All right. So, go ahead. State All right. Your now, case. hold on. We won't talk over now, you. I promise. It's my number, it's my number seven horror it's in movie a top of the 10. year. You're putting that it's in, in my top, top 10. 10. So, go ahead. State your case. I am. And the reason I love it. Well, let me start with what I don't like about it. What I don't like about it is the overuse of the angry mob mm-hmm. um, kind of like Frankenstein scene and you know scenes in the in the uh, middle of the film and I know you guys had issues with that as well and most people that have seen it mm-hmm. have issues with that I do do I do do <laughs> but guys guys this is Michael Myers dialed up to fucking kill plus a hundred okay this is the most most ruthless fucking brutal assassin so you mean like jason Voorhees, uh, right yeah sure yeah i mean yeah in this mask that we've ever seen and i'm talking about even going back to the original films he has never been as 
just disenchanted and just detached from he's just literally there to kill which you know would lend to the title of the movie and for that reason and that reason alone i can't not love this movie like it's it's a fun movie man it's a it's it's a fun movie if i could turn like how much i love halloween off like i there's so many things to love and appreciate about this film but because Halloween is my favorite movie of all time, and like I jokingly jabbed at yeah. you that they essentially made a Jason Voorhees Friday the Thirteenth, like Jason on the Loose film. Um, yeah, you know there are some some great things, and dude, I I liked Anthony Michael Hall as fucking Tommy Doyle. Like I I dude I dug I dug I know I know Justin. There were a lot did. of cool. Know, uh, <laughs> there were a lot of cool callbacks in it, but you know, generally speaking, I I just can't I I just can't. <sighs> Get away from Mike just fucking literally he's there to just literally kill it's a, everybody. It's a fun inside. time. It's 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 a fun time and and I, I totally get it and I see why people do like it. My my have, biggest complaint about Halloween kills is that they went through so much trouble of retconning so many things in order to make Halloween twenty eighteen. And they didn't need to, but now they're 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 bringing in so many other elements from the franchise. Like, remember this? Remember this? It's like, dude, you fucking retconned it. Don't throw it in my face. You literally used footage from Halloween Two Why? that they scrapped. Why in the movie? Please. That's fair. Um, I just dug it. No, I dug I, it. You know what I mean? I absolutely I had a great time with. It. There were I had problems with it. Don't get me wrong. It was, it's not perfect I by any that. means. I mean, they. They went through. They I enjoyed went through so it. much trouble to make Michael Myers real world scary, like in Halloween 2018. Like, oh, he's he's a mental patient that has once again gotten out 40 years later, and they were like, oh, because we're like, you know, if it was, you know, brother and sister, it's not as scary. We want to make this real world scary. Only then to turn around and give us like a fucking Rambo version of Michael Myers that's unfucking killable that takes away any real real world scariness to him because it's like well you can't fucking kill right. him like literally you can't kill him so I, I they did so many bats. things I beat yeah, him with everything they did so many things He's in Halloween alive. 2018 only to undo them to last Jedi them if you will um that I'm like, I don't understand these decisions or why the filmmakers made these decisions. Well, we'll see what happens in ends. I don't I even get what you're saying. What but, uh, <laughs> I don't think we're. We'll, we'll see how it. We're not that horror show that's going to be like, I can't. What are we going to talk about in ends? What are we hoping to see in ends? It, it, it's kind of it's kind of like the rise of Skywalker. It doesn't matter what you try to do at the end of this story, like. You already fucked up with the second one. And, like, I know that there's people that like The Last Jedi, but literally uh, Ryan Johnson threw out the window every single thing that J.J. Abrams built with with The Force Awakens. And then they brought J.J. back to be like, okay, well, like, try to fix it, like, the best that you can. And I feel like that's what's going to happen with Halloween Ends is they're going to try to make a much more serious, like, heartfelt horror film bringing it back to the trauma to the trauma and it, the it's trauma. not gonna land it's not gonna land for me because you gave me a filler sequel that was nothing but a bloodbath Friday the 13th film so I don't care how you're gonna try to like remedy that by because I'm telling you right now I'm calling it David Gordon Green is gonna try to do some really impactful emotional send-off for the third film and it's like you can't do that after what you just gave me so that's that's what I'm saying well 
As Sorry for my rainy poo. I'm not going to say anything beyond what I've already said about that movie a million times on this show. But I res- I respect you for liking it, and I'm I'm glad that there are people that enjoy Drew, it because I, I do love I Halloween. Don't, I don't respect you for liking Halloween Kills. I don't respect you. you at all. I just want to let you know, Thank and everyone you. that's listening, if you like Halloween Kills, I, I don't respect you, and I hope you don't respect me back. I don't, I don't respect like you. you. Uh, so my, my honorable yeah. mentions are Don't Breathe 2. I, I thought that was uh they tried their their best at a Terminator two. They they tried their damnedest at a at a Terminator two take where they took the villain from the first film and tried to make him like the a guy who, in the who injected film. semen with a turkey baster. Yeah, we're gonna make him a hero. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. That's that, rough. I, and I, I feel like rough. I feel like that's why it didn't land with audiences. <laughs> it's like yeah. okay, well, like a cyborg can be reprogrammed. I I get it's that. It's a for cyborg. It, it has no heart. Yeah. So. Uh, but I still had a really good time with it. It was an unnecessary sequel. Like, they didn't have to make this movie, but I had a good time with it. So Don't Breathe to definitely honorable mention. Slumber Party Massacre, that was a yeah. sci-fi channel movie, yeah. was a shit fuck ton of fun, dude. Like, it was, it was, it, it took, you know, jabs at at the, the genre and, like, did a lot of things kind of parodying you know, how women are objectified in horror films and flipping it to, to the, you know, the male Dude, perspective we saw one of the that. best male asses in a horror movie ever. Been a long time. Um, Slumber Party Massacre. VHS 94 was very flawed, but entertaining at best. I had a good time with that one. Um, I, uh, I really, I really dug a, uh, Willie's Wonderland was good, man. That, that was, was good. It was I fun. It. Um, it kind of became repetitive very much in nature in the film, which is why it didn't land in my in my top five, but it was... Nick Cage doesn't talk. I loved that. I loved that. I did dude, to, to bring this full circle back to me mentioning Killer Clowns from Outer Space is Grant Kramer, who is the star of Killer Clowns from Outer Space. He was a producer and, and co-writer on that film, and um, when I met him at Monster Mania several months ago, like I mentioned how much I enjoyed the film, and... He said that uh, he said Nick Cage was fucking amazing. That he was just such a blast to work with and and so professional. And that they he said I asked him I said have you guys thought about doing a sequel? He goes you know what's funny is I just talked to Nick about it. Nick goes you know I really don't do like sequels really very very often. And uh, you know I don't know like it'd be fun but we'd have to cook up something something really good. And he goes or I'm gonna be completely honest with you it's got to be a huge payday for me. <laughs> So, you know, I, I don't think we're going to get uh, Nick Cage getting a huge Love payday um, to come back for another Willy's Wonderland. So I don't think we're going to get another one. But uh, Grant Kramer did say, like, I, I would find it hard to make a sequel without him because I feel like he's just yeah, such a sure. big part of what made that first film work. Um, and the other film that I wanted to mention, which was literally ripped to shreds, but I had a ton of fun with it, was Army of the Dead, man. So those are my my honorable yeah. mentions. Sure, <laughs> Gerald. Okay, you Zack sure. Snyder hater, you. It's all right. So yeah, my honorable mentions are going to be very brief. But uh, Titan, also known as Titanian, uh, the French film, mm-hmm. straight out of the books of David Cronenberg and uh, body horror, and uh, it, it was way more of a drama and character driven piece than a horror movie. And I had to dissect it a little bit before I decided to make my list and decipher if it was going to be the top five or not. But 
in the end, it landed way more in in a drama piece than and then a horror movie because I mean this chick fucks a car and then you know. <laughs> yeah, one of the best uh, one of the best poster um, like quotes I've ever seen. It was like somebody for for Titan was like, "This is the most fucked up movie ever made." And, and that's a I quote mean, from one of the one of the critics that they used for this wow. movie. I was I, more, I love more emotionally film, invested. It was my more number eleven. Emotionally invested in the characters than 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 scared. But there's some great body horror, and I had to really push really hard. But um. Other than that, uh, Jeremy already mentioned it, the Slumber Party Massacre remake. I thought it was fun. Um, it didn't go far enough for me, but it was good enough to be listed. I The kills were great, and I love how it was the juxtaposition of the male versus female. And yeah, I mean, it, it was, this is what the Black Christmas 2019 remake should have been. I'll say that and leave that there. Um, the Boy Behind the Door. Shutter's film. Great fucking movie. I, I liked that movie. movie a lot, actually. Very underrated, very tense thriller slash horror movie. Uh, home invasions, you know, the re- reverse, if you will, abduction movie. Great, well shot, atmospheric. Really enjoyed it. And I got to list this just because it's got monsters in it. So it slightly counts, but God, Godzilla versus Kong, you know, it's, it's monsters. It's not. Yeah. It's horror only in name only because there's giant monsters in it. But um, yeah, it is it is what it is. And the movie alone, Gerald, you saw that, right? The abduction movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Putting this on my yep. list right now. What's that? What's that? What's that about? Random chick driving away. She had a breakup. A guy leaves her and she's going to go stay at a place in a secluded area. And the guy... Oh, I, I have I have seen the fucking trailer for this. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Very mm. good, tense, small little movie. Um, where people should probably watch it. Good performances, but small, cool. small. Ending is yep. badass. Much like Revenge from a few years ago. Um, really good beatdown scene. Yeah, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I agree. Yeah, that's it for here. I mean, I, what a great eye-opening episode seriously so many movies mentioned that i have not seen or that one of us hasn't seen i think that's the most important thing about doing these discussions on this show is that it brings a light to movies that some of us may not have gotten the chance to watch and hey justin can i just say real quick um so i couldn't bring it up tonight with you and jeremy because it's not a movie but i do think that possibly the best horror thing that was released last year was Midnight Mass by Mike Flanagan. Dude, that's so, that's it's a miniseries that's on Netflix. So crazy that you just fucking said that because I swear to God, I just got a text message from my buddy that said, like three minutes ago, he said, "Have you watched Midnight Mass yet?" There you well, go, it's Mike wow. Flanagan. So of course, Gerald, yeah. let's not keep tooting his horn more than it needs to be. It's not a movie, <laughs> but yes, Mike Flanagan is right. legit. Like right. But I just want to tell any horror, you know, folks listening, they should definitely check it out on Netflix. I think it's like eight episodes, I think. Um, but it was, I mean, it's really good. It, it, it obviously allows you to be sucked into this world and really connect to these any, characters. Any relation to the book Midnight Mass about vampires? I'm not sure. Um, I don't want to give anything away for oh. you. Um, oh. But I'm not sure about the correlation there. I'm going to check it out. You're, I'm going to check it, check it, check it look out. Look at him being all perfect Definitely. and fair and nice. And I'm going to tell you about it, but not <laughs> spoil it for you. Ah, oh, well, 
You're a nice man. He's a nice guy. But Gerald, <laughs> thank you so so much. Seriously for coming on and uh, yeah. we look forward to you jumping on here whenever you decide that you want to considering you're Please. a non-podcaster now you're like this weird outsider that's like i won't do anything unless it's yeah i just sit around and wait for the phone to ring man you're like, so thanks you're, you're for like calling the me. ghostbusters and, uh, right? it was i was yeah, yeah. yeah i was thrilled to be here and this was a blast man thanks for having me well to those that have already listened and if you're a first-time listener Please, seriously, if you like what you're hearing, head on over to iTunes, leave a review. Seriously. Like, that, that helps us so, so much. Jeremy, doesn't it? Right? It it, it helps so much. It so, so much. It makes us feel good. It, it's, it's just, uh, it just makes us feel so good. And we, we go to, we go to sleep reciting the reviews we do. that you guys we leave. We do. Yeah. And I wake up and eagerly check to see if any new reviews have been left. Um, do we, we, we call each other and we recite yeah. the reviews to each other and we try to recite them in the, the, the voice that we think that they're left in. I got, I gotta be honest. I've never read any of the reviews, but, uh, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely appreciate, <laughs> I definitely appreciate people taking the time to leave the reviews because you know, that's, that's, we, we do this thing because we hope that people check it out. So you guys checking it out that are. Digging it, loving it, hating it, whatever. It's cool. You guys are checking it out. That's why we're doing what we're doing. So I'm still waiting. I'm awesome. still waiting for that review. That's like the good Jeremy doesn't know anything about horror because of malignant. Apparently that that's already happened. It, that, no, but, it has but the, re- literally the, review, the review didn't actually come in. Someone just said it on Twitter, and I was like, "Leave a review," oh. and he said, "I will," and then it never happened. So he didn't want to take the time to copy and paste the shit that he said on Twitter and put it on. I was like, "Dude, go do it." Seriously, it's film. Film is subjective. There's no right or wrong way to watch or feel about a movie. So like, I could love a movie that other people fucking hate. It happens all of the time. That's why this is literally so fun. all of is the time. Is that not why we do this, Jeremy? Seriously? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's uh, dude, I love discussing film, you know. Um I've mentioned it before and 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 I'll mention it again. Me and Justin people hate riding in the car with us because there's no <laughs> air to breathe in the car because we consume all of the energy and oxygen in that vehicle because all we do is discuss film um and we often disagree, which is part of the fun debate of it because film is subjective. I, I suffocate in my own words. Because yeah. they're so big and boisterous. And your own pee because you have so much of it. Listen, listen. <sighs> Jesus Christ. <sighs> Just wait until yep. I meet Sly. Officially. 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 It's, it's apparently don't tell. probably going to happen. Okay. Don't tell. Don't tell. Don't tell him that you got invited to his house. Oh. Holy shit. Look at Gerald's face. We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, seriously, thank you so much. Like, I have to respect you and appreciate you. And I want to take you to bed with me and cuddle you for all of the love you've shown us and the uh, end of 2021. We started this new Brain Stew thing. It's been a huge transition in terms of like what we're doing with the brand, but we've had so much fun doing it. And the people that have been involved have all been so near and dear to our hearts. and Which is why it's so sad that this is our last episode. Surprise. Oh. No, I'm just fucking with oh. you. It's not. <laughs> oh, shit. I was going to be like, wait, I'm dreaming, bro. <laughs> Sarah Connor. No, just kidding. We're not Sarah going anywhere. Connor. 
I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But but next year we're we're really pushing to do the best thing that we can for you and for ourselves and give you guys the best content. And you know, look at Gerald. He's sitting there. And he's like, uh, bite my lip. Did I get you a little bit, Gerald? Or no? Did you know I was fucking around? I didn't think that okay. was real. So I was like, he's bullshit. Come on. Don't bullshit Come me. On. Come on. Weirdest thing ever. So I'll say this before we get off the show. My father-in-law. Deadpan motherfucker. Doesn't watch shit. I'm sitting there at Christmas. And I can hear he's watching Jingle all the way in the bedroom. And I was like, what the fuck are you serious and i'd hit a bot a small bottle of booze in my bag so i'm like i ain't going nowhere because new york's filled with a bunch of morons so i'm just gonna stay here and like walk up and down the streets and look at christmas lights and watch batman returns and that's all i'm going to do and i'm like i hear jingle all the way from the bedroom wow look at that it's my cookie put the cookie down we love you guys. Seriously. So to end out the show, I'm Justin. I'm Jeremy. Come on, say your name, motherfucker. I'm Gerald. <laughs> there, it <is>. there it is. <laughs> and as always, we invite you to keep it creepy. Keep it. Uh, Red